Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it wasn't recording, so we lost all of that. That 20 minutes was just not recorded. We got it on Facebook, okay? Oh, we got okay. everything on Facebook. I'm sorry about that, but TalkShoe, it's supposed to automatically start recording, and it didn't. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I see. Well, at least we got it on Facebook, praise God. Okay. And, and, and YouTube, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, very, so continuing on. Uh, so they go to so so these fishermen they they get to shore and they they leave and they say I'm going with Jesus and so they go to a certain city and they see this guy with leprosy and when this guy with leprosy sees Jesus he immediately falls on his face and beseeches him saying Lord if you will you can make me clean and look what happens in verse 13 and Jesus puts forth his hand and he touches him who wants to touch a leopard unclean unclean nobody in that time wanted to touch a leper because they were afraid they did it too lepers were cast out to the outer edges of cities and camps outside of cities and such and 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 if you were a true citizen at that time and you're walking down the street and you see a leper what do they do unclean they cry out unclean unclean but what does jesus do he goes right up to him and puts forth his hand and touches him and says and he says, I will be that clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. So uh, praise God, brothers. That is the two things that I uh, wanted to bring uh, attention to in this uh, little passage from Luke 5 here. And it's a wonderful passage. And so thank you, saints. God bless you. Please keep praying for the Phillips family and for Brother Carl out on the river and for Brother Carl's mom, Reba Sandage, that God would snatch her out of the lie of organized religion. Praise God, saints. God bless you. May Jehovah yes. meet you at the point of your need. All right. Yes, and let's also remember our other um, people that join us from time to time as well. Remember Ashley Kinney and Christopher Derner and and uh, I want to also welcome aboard Javine Kamar um, that has joined us, Joseph Golzar, and Sulman Perviaz, and Ichabal Messiah. And if I miss anyone, it's just because I can't see you there live on the uh, screen. Mm-hmm. But you're welcome. We're, we're glad that you, you were able to join us. Yes. Um, very good comments, brother. Very good comments. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. I'm going to read now 14 uh, down through. I'm going to read 14, um, let's see, down through 26, and then I'll, after all that, I'll have Mark comment and finish out the reading. Um, and so he says, and he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he charged him to tell no man. But go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing, according as Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them. 
But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there was a Pharisee and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by that way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Amen. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether is it easy to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say rise up and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. (laughs) Well, this is really quite quite a uh, story. But it's a true story. It's not fiction. This is not just something to read to the little kids, okay? A lot of people right. try to say, oh, these, these gospel, you know, things, these, they're not, it's not, it didn't actually happen. Yes, it did actually happen, okay? Yeah. And notice that he told the leper to tell no man. Um, isn't that interesting? So there are times when, we are restrained from saying some things. I have had that experience. There are times when we are restrained. Remember, there, there's a passage, I believe it's in Acts, where the uh, disciples were going to go to a certain place to preach, and it's yeah. that the Holy, Holy Spirit restrained them from going there, okay, to that particular place. Yep, I think it was somewhere in Asia. Yeah, so God is God is sovereign over all of these activities and circumstances. Anyway, uh, but even though this man did not listen to Christ, he went on and told it. It says, so much more went their fame abroad of him. You know, we have history in the Fox's Book of Martyrs and other historical accounts that when the church was in the most persecution is when it grew the most. You know? Yep. During the Acts of the Apostles, during the New Testament church, it says that there were added to the church daily such as should be saved. Okay? And we find that in, in Acts 13, you know, 
it tells us that that the Gentiles were glad when they heard the gospel, Acts 13:48. And notice in verse 47 of Acts 13, he says, "For so the so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for the salvation unto the ends of the earth." When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Now, there's a lot of people that believe they can save other people by their actions. Okay. Let me tell you, not one man apart from Jesus Christ has saved anyone. Jesus Christ does, Jesus Christ does all the saving. You know, and let us never forget that. There's a lot of people that hold these, you know, we just had a tent revival here up in Pineville. They had a great big old tent right up on the corner, <laughs> not too far from where we live, right up on the corner, you know, out in the country. They put up this great big tent. Wow. They put re- revival. And, man, I mean, you wouldn't believe all the people that show. You know, people won't even come over here in this little construction house trailer church that I have, yeah. and have a Bible, won't even have a Bible study with me. But somebody yep. puts up a great big old tent, and they have whooping, whooping and hollering, and dancing, and a band and everything else. It's amazing how many people show up. You know. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to get off track there, but anyway, he says that. Uh, notice that Christ withdrew himself into the wilderness. There are times when each one of us need to spend a, uh, time alone with God to Amen. draw ourselves from the crowds, to search our own hearts. He says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. And... Uh, he spent a lot of time in communion with his father. Now, I find it interesting in verse 17, um, <laughs> you know, this was, while, this was while Christ was teaching. It says there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. They, you know, they were they were checking this out. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul Paul says in another place they came in to spy out our liberties. <laughs> yep. They came in to spy out our liberties. You know, there are a lot of people that come around to spy out our liberties in Christ. Oh yeah, and they want to they want to start trying to bring you under the law. Okay, but anyway. Um, Jesus showed them who he was by his actions. And we have this account of this man being lowered down through the roof. And, you know, here Jesus heals the man. You know, the man couldn't even walk. He had palsy so bad that he had to be brought in on a couch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting how God used Jesus Christ uses healing in synonymous with 
forgiving man's sins. I find that very interesting. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Mm. Well, you know, these Pharisees were the blasphemers because they were actually questioning the authority of the eternal Son of God. They were the ones that were doing the blasphemy. Um, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he says, why, you know, why are you reasoning in your hearts like this? And he let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had the power to forgive sins. He had the power to forgive sins. By the way, do you know that there's no other person on the face of the earth that has the power to forgive sins? <laughs> right. Uh, that includes Pope Francis. That includes the highest priest in the Anglican Church. That includes, yep. that includes any rabbi, any doctor of the law. They are not God. There's only one God, and Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And Jesus and, Christ let them know, I have the power to do this. Yep. You know, I like this one word that is used. Notice it's used in verse 13 and 25 uh, that Luke uses, okay? Luke uses this twice here, immediately. <laughs> I like that. Verse 13, and immediately the leprosy departed. Verse 25, and immediately he rose up before them. Okay. It wasn't, no time, no time passed. This happened. It was instantaneous. By the way, when we receive eternal life, it's instantaneous. I believe that. I believe that's what quickening is. I know that God works in the hearts of men uh, over time. Don't get me wrong. And to, to show them more and more of the truth of, of, of his word and so on. But I believe in immediate quickening. You know, I believe that that's what it means when it says, The Spirit bloweth where it listeth, and no man knoweth the sound thereof. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. And then in 26, they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear. And they said, We have seen strange things this day. Well, you know, we should have an awesome fear and respect. God. It's kind of left it's kind of left our culture, hasn't it? A lot of people try to try to attribute, you know, that that God is the great white haired uncle in the sky and all this stuff. They don't have an awesome fear and respect for the creator of the universe. That's right. And so anyway, I'm going to now turn this over to Brother Carl and let him comment on these 13 through 26, and then I'll have him. I mean, Brother Mark, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, uh, Carl, Brother Carl and Brother Chris are on my mind this morning. I hope that uh, 
Uh, <laughs> you guys, both of those brothers in our prayers. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to have Brother Mark make comments from 13 to 26, and then I'm going to have Brother Mark finish out the readings for us. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God bless our saints this morning. Okay. Yes, this is a very, very interesting chapter, uh, second part of the reading here. So so Jesus, uh, he just heals this leper. And then here in verse, and then here in verse 14, he, he tells him, tell, don't tell anybody, but go to the priest and offer the sacrifice commanded by Moses. I find that very interesting. That that makes that makes me think that he did it to provide a witness to these religious leaders that were in unbelief. So that's that's very interesting. Here in verse fourteen, he says, "Don't tell anybody. Go to the priest and offer the sacrifice authorized by Moses." That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, here in verse 15, we see that he couldn't keep his big mouth shut. <laughs> so the fame, uh, the fame of him went abroad, and great multitudes came together here in verse 15 to be healed of them, of him by him of their infirmities. And so, and so because of the crowds thronging him, you know, he withdrew into the wilderness to pray and commune with the Father. So, and then in verse 17, it's a, uh, it came to pass on a certain day, so he was teaching there, and the Pharisees and the doctors of the law were sitting there that had come out of every town in Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, so the power of the Lord was present to heal them, it, uh, it tells us. And so Jesus is sitting there teaching, and these Pharisees and doctors of the law are listening to him. And then here in verse 18, some men brought in a bed, in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy. And so they sought a means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. And then in verse 19, uh, they couldn't find a way that they could do this because of the multitudes. So they went up on the roof, and they and they and they poked a hole in the roof. It's like, oh, thanks. Are you going to pay to have my roof fixed there? <laughs> and so they they went up on the roof and they made a hole in the roof. And they said, don't worry, don't worry, we'll pay for it. And they let him down through the hole in the roof with his couch right before Jesus. And and, and then here in verse, in verse 20, Jesus sees them, and he sees their faith, and he says, buddy, don't worry, I've got you covered. Your sins are forgiven. <laughs> and so, and then in verse 21, the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, the doctors of the law, the religious leaders, you know, who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone, they say in verse 21. But right away here in verse 22, we see that Jesus knew their thoughts. Of course he knows their thoughts because Jesus knows all things before they happen because he has ordained that they happen in the triune Godhead. So Jesus here in verse 22, he knows right away what they're thinking. 
And then he says to them, what reason, what are you thinking, in other words? <laughs> and then here in verse 23, he continues, what, which one is easier to say, your sins be forgiven or rise up and walk? And then in verse 24, he continues, so just so that you'll know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to this, he said unto the sick of the palsy, and so then he turns his attention to the man with palsy. He says, I say unto thee, arise and take up that couch and go into thine house. And here it is in verse 25, immediately, just like the other verse that you mentioned, immediately he was made whole. So here in verse 25, and immediately he got up before them, took his mattress, and he departed to his own house, praising and glorifying God. And then here in verse 26, they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. <laughs> you can say that again. Anytime, anytime the supernatural manifests right in front of you, it's wonderful, but it isn't something you see every day. It's something like that is definitely out of the ordinary. I mean, well, we don't see that every day now, do we? <laughs> well, praise God. So, all right, now we're here at verse 27. So uh, finish uh, 27 down to 39, right, Brother Larry? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, so, praise God, saints. So, verse 27, Luke 5, in the authorized King James, we're finishing out the chapter now, verse 27, verse 27, and after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs, and he said unto him, follow me. Verse 28, and he left, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. Uh, verse 29, and Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of, other that, and of others that sat down with them. Verse 30, but their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Oh, there's that self-righteous attitude looking down their nose, you know. Oh, we don't associate with those people. <laughs> And then in verse 31, Jesus answering says unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Verse 32, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Verse 33, and they said unto him, Why do, this, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers, and likewise the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink? Verse 34, and then he Said, and he said unto them, Can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? Verse 35, But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them. Then shall they fast in those days. And he spake also, verse 36, a parable unto them, No man put a piece of new garment upon an old, if otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. Verse 37, and no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. Verse 38, but new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. 
No man, verse 39, also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new, for he saith the old is better. Amen. I concur with that. So, so here in verse 26, this guy who had the palsy, these guys lowered him through a hole in the roof right in front of Jesus, and Jesus says, get up, you know, take up your mattress, be whole, be clean, be healed. And so Jesus heals this guy and right in front of these people. And so verse 26, they were all amazed and they glorified God, it says, and they were filled with fear. And they say, we have seen very strange things today. And like I said before, when you see a supernatural event right in front of you, it's wonderful, but it is very strange because you don't see something like that every day. So after these, then he sees a publican named Levi sitting on the receipts of customs doing his job, and he says, follow me. And this Levi guy, he gets up and follows him. And so Levi takes him to his house here in verse 29, makes a great feast, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with him. And I guess evidently some Pharisees are there here in verse 30, and they see this, and they immediately start murmuring and backbiting. Why do you eat with these wicked people? Why are you hanging around? Oh, we don't associate with people like that. And it's basically like they were looking down their nose at, at, at these people. Look at, the, look at the sinners he's associating with, you know. Total hypocrisy here on the part of the Pharisees. And so, and then in verse 31, so Jesus hears them saying this, and what does he say? He says, those that are healthy and whole, they don't need the physician, but those that are sick. And then in verse 32, he says, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And so here in verse 33, uh, he, uh, they said to him, why do disciples of John fast often and, make, and do their prayers and the disciples of the Pharisees, but you eat and drink with these wicked people here? And then in verse 34, he, Jesus says to him, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom was with them? Verse 34, but 35 you know, verse 35, the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken, and then they shall fast in those days. And then in verse 36, he, Jesus tells them, no man puts a piece of new cloth, a, a piece of new uh, garment or cloth upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new tears the old, and the piece that was taken out of the new agrees not with the old. Now, I think that could be another metaphor. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I'm sure it has some kind of spiritual application, you know, making people a new creature in Christ before God uh, puts the Holy, before the Father puts the Holy Spirit in them. I suppose we could use that as a metaphor for the, for the wine bottles and the wine. And like in verse 20, 37, he says, no one puts new wine into old bottles else the new one will burst and the bottles and, and, and the whole thing will be ruined. And that's a good metaphor here because 
a wine, uh, an old wine bottle can't hold the new wine, and I believe new wine is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. So this is a good metaphor for for uh, being made a new creature in Christ, and then the Holy Spirit uh, deposited within. Uh, what's that verse? Uh, and and behold, all things are become new. The old things all pass away, and you've been made new in Christ Jesus. And so then in verse 38. New wine has to be put into new bottles, and they both will be preserved. So, and then in verse 39, finishing off, he says, No man, having tasted the old wine, wants the new wine, because they can tell just by the taste that the old wine is better. So, praise God, brothers, this is a good chapter, really good chapter. Praise God, saints. Thank you, brother. Very good. Very good. Well, yes, I agree with everything you said. In fact, um, notice that in verse 29, after this, um, after Levi was instructed to follow him, he made, like Brother Mark said, they made a great feast in his house. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a lot of sinners there. There was a lot of sinners there. and But, you know, like Brother Mark said, <laughs> you know, the Pharisees always have a way of creeping in. They always have oh, a yeah. way of getting. And they crept in. And what did they what did they do as soon as they came on the scene? They started murmuring. Yep. They started murmuring. Started questioning their motives. That's what they were doing. They were questioning their motives. They said, "Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners?" Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever has anyone ever questioned your motives? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know my I know my motives have been questioned over and over and over again. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah. You need to take sermons down off of sermon audio. You're not properly ordained. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, who do you think you are uh, getting on Facebook and YouTube and having Bible studies? You're not, you don't have a doctors of divinity degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and who, what gives you the right to uh, have association with people that are uh, proclaiming things that aren't perfectly right and so on. What, yeah. you know, this is scarring your ministry and on and on and on. Yeah. Well, Jesus answered them. What did he say? They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Yep. There's another, there's another scripture that talks about milk and meat. Remember that? He says oh, yeah. the new... New Christians, you don't give them meat right off the bat. If you take a newborn baby and start stuffing meat down its throat, it's going to die. Okay? Yep. There's no way of ingesting it. That's right. why babies. That's why babies and infants are given the mother's milk. Yep. And that's what we need to be a little bit more kind and nurturing to new new believers who not, don't fully understand everything. We might, Amen. We've got to give got to be a little bit more nurturing and kind give them a little and, and if they 
you know, if they continue in false doctrine, yes, we after you know we we don't we don't endorse sin, we don't endorse false doctrine, but we right. also must we must go back to what Christ says. They that are whole don't need any kind of instruction. That's right. But those that need instruction are those that are not whole. Amen. And he said he didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. That that's me. That's me. Me too, brother. Too. <laughs> anyway. Um and so then they start they start questioning this aspect of why they aren't fasting, you know. I've heard a lot of charismatics talk about, I've been fasting for 20 days, I've been this, and I've been doing that. (laughs) You know, Christ says if you're going to fast, you go in the closet. And you don't don't do it out. Yeah, where people can see your long robes and your phylacteries and and you don't broadcast everything you're doing for Jesus, you know. That's right. Uh, anyway, uh, he tells them that you know the bridegroom is with them, and he says basically the bridegroom is going to be taken from them, and then they'll fast in those Amen. days when the was taken from them. And yes, I agree with Brother Mark on his rendition on this parable of the um, old wine and the new wine. And, you know, I do believe it's likened to the new birth. Um, yes. Christ, Christ said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Amen. You know, and um, a lot of people are still trying to hold on to the old wineskins. And right. the, old, the old wine... In other words, the old wineskin represents what? The traditions of men. That's yes. what it really represents. Amen. It represents uh, sacramentalism and works, you know. All Paul was, was very clear about this old wine, these old bottles, these old... <laughs> he says um, in verse 6 of Galatians 1, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Okay, that's the old wineskins. Returning to the beggarly elements of the world. Right. In Galatians Galatians 2, verse 16, Paul says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For yeah. by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Well, that's the old wine skins. <laughs> it's the works of the law. And he concludes that chapter out, verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is something that uh, we need to examine. Are we, are we operating under law or under grace? <laughs> How are we operating? You know, yeah. if we're in Christ, 
Notice in uh, chapter 3 of Galatians, verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, not by the law, not by the law. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 5, he says, um, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We're adopted. And because, verse 6, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's beautiful to me, that whole concept of him being our father. And, um, and then, of course, we see in Ephesians 1, verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. What a wonderful, wonderful thought. So this, this chapter is full of the gospel, full of the yep. power of God. It's full of the demonstration of his power and might in the lives of not only the apostles, but also those for whom he came to save and those yeah. who he came to heal and those who he came to be a physician for. You notice the scribes and Pharisees murmuring against him were not seeking, were not seeking his aid as a physician. They were murmuring against his his help, mm -hmm. murmuring against his uh, exhortation and his admonition. And so, anyway, I think this is great instruction for us this morning. I want to thank Brother Mark for laboring with me this morning. What a joy to have you with me, Brother. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this evening. I think. Brother Mark has been working through. Uh, Brother Mark has been working through the uh, Gospel of John. We're ready for Chapter Ten, aren't we? Uh, let's see. I think we did eight. So let's do John oh. nine tonight. Okay, uh, that sounds good. I was thinking we had done nine, but I guess you're. <laughs> you probably are I keeping track. Did. Uh, yeah, I think we did eight last time, so we're ready for John 9. Yeah. That's great. So tonight, okay. yes, tonight, Brother uh, Mark will be leading us in the uh, ninth chapter of John. I'm looking forward to that. We'll be on this evening at 6 o'clock uh, Central Time. And again, I want to thank everyone that has joined us today and also... Um, I want to uh, remind everyone that uh, on Wednesday night, um, this Wednesday night, we'll probably just uh, continue in the five biblical points. We're ready. We're ready for irresistible grace. <laughs> yes. And that's another wonderful thing. To realize that God so works in our hearts. He makes us willing in the day of his power. Amen. Psalm, Psalm 110, verse 4. So we'll Amen. be talking about irresistible grace on Wednesday night, and that will be at 5 o'clock Central Time. Sounds and good. then 
this Thursday night, um, I'm going to kind of, uh, I'm going to kind of defer that over to uh, Brother uh, Mark as the subject for Wednesday night. Give, why don't you pray and think about that, Brother, and then let me yes. know <laughs> what you're yes. going to do. And so I'm going to kind of leave that up to Brother Mark for Thursday night. And uh, that's pretty much all I have. I'm going to turn it over to Brother uh, Mark for any final comments before we close out this morning. It's been a joy to be with you. Go ahead, Brother uh, Mark. Thank you, Brother. Thank you. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Uh, I remember you you have mentioned the idea a couple times over the last few months that it is not what we say but how we say it and so yes that's right we must be uh we must have the quality of winsomeness so you know because because you know when you talk to a person one-on-one then you then you can use that quality of winsomeness to reduce the offense of the gospel by telling people i know this is this is harsh but this is what scripture says and 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 pray and ask god to give you an understanding on that so yes we should we should we don't we don't just rail and yell and scream at people and beat them over the head with scripture that's that 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 will never attract them that'll It'll push people away. When 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 people get clubbed over the head with scripture, they don't, you know. So we must use the quality of winsomeness to attract people to the light, you know. Right. So Amen. anyway, that's just my idea. Basically, I could be wrong, but we must be winsome. And you're right. It is not what we say, but how we say it, Brother Larry. Well, and by the way, if anyone needs to be preached that, it's Larry Phillips, okay? So I'm, I'm preaching to myself, okay? So I know I know there have been times when I have been less than winsome, okay? And so God can help us. God can give us the grace and Amen. the strength to do that. Well, thank you, brother. Well, it's been a joy. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing you tonight. Yes. Go ahead and... Um, uh, I hope you have a blessed afternoon. I hope all of our guests have a blessed afternoon in the Lord. And we'll look forward to seeing you this evening, brother. Yes, very good. Praise God. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.